Welcome to episode 45 of The Photo Show. Yes, and uh, we recorded this in the big room at SVA, and we are sponsored by SVA's MFA photo, video, and related media program, chaired by Charles Trout. Yeah, so... Kai, you and I took a little bike ride on Staten Island recently. Yeah, that was uh, a week ago today, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we went out uh, early in the morning, and uh, it started off kind of, you know, as like a, a pleasant introduction to uh, Staten Island, and this is part of Transportation Alternatives, puts these bike rides together. And the next thing you know, we we're driving through like these rusty red puddles all around <laughs> uh, uh, fresh kills out there, right? Yeah, that was, um, you know, it... it in its own way, it was beautiful. Um, it, was, it, yeah. it, it has the landscape of a very large landfill. So you sort of uh, stepped hills and, um, and, and but but they built a nice path around it. The only yeah, the only problem was they had stacked all these drainage ditches with rock with rocks that must have been filled with uh, iron ore because all the water that was pouring through them was very rusty and you could see everyone's uh, backside sort of striped with this red stripe going up it. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> and uh, Michael and I almost had a very comic accident as I was <laughs> pulling out my phone to make a phone call. We were supposed to go to the right, at least in my mind. And, I lost uh, my way. Yes. Yeah, Michael <laughs> wanted to go straight and we almost collided. But uh, And I almost dropped my iPhone, but it didn't happen. That's right. So that's why we, we lived on to come and... Uh, give you episode 45. It almost didn't happen. Just so, yeah. And, so and, and let me say that was my first 35 mile bike ride, maybe since I was a teenager. Yeah. Ah, yeah. And like a champ. Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's <time>. right. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of a crazy day for me because I, you know, I rode from my house, took the Staten Island ferry, got to there, met up with you. We did this 35 mile ride. I ran back to the ferry, rode home like a madman, took a shower. <laughs> Grabbed my camera gear, went to uh, to JFK and got on a fl on an airplane to Buffalo, and then I spent a day uh, up at Buffalo State, hosted by Yola Monikov Stockton, who was on the photo show previously. Mm -hmm. And uh, I spent a wonderful day up there in their fabulous uh, photo department, and I photographed 22 people with the panoramic camera doing my panoramic portraits and gave an artist talk and uh, had a lovely time up there. And um, and then I, I got up at uh, 5.30 the next morning and flew back to teach my class. So it's been, <laughs> I was on a whirlwind tour there for a little while. Yeah, that was nonstop. Well, speaking of portraiture, uh, if you're in the New York area between now and sometime in June, uh, everyone has to get over to the Met to see the Irving Penn show, right? Have mm -hmm. you seen it yet, Michael? No, I haven't been there yet. Oh, you should be ashamed. No, I haven't <laughs> seen it yet either. But, uh, <laughs> but everyone's saying it's amazing, so I'm planning on going, absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. And I just want to give a shout out to former guest Patrice Helmar for her Marble Hill Camera and Supper Club. Uh, their next meeting on May 6th uh, features uh, our secret guest uh, from the April Fool's show, Jesse Wakeman. Yes, our roving reporter from uh, Las Vegas. And it also is worth maybe getting to this version of the Supper Club because there's rumors that uh, that house in Marble Hill might be sold out from underneath her and she might be having to move to a new location. So Yes, actually, uh, Patrice and I, I think some of her uh, housemates are looking for a new place. So if you know of uh, something good in the Bronx, uh, drop her a line. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you and I have been experiencing high allergy season here in the Northeast. Yeah, you might hear it in my voice today for sure. And uh, 
we had our undergrad exhibition at Columbia University on Friday night, and I went through an entire box of tissue, just like <laughs> blowing my nose nonstop. It was horrible. So. Oh, yeah, I was uh, I was at my son's soccer game, and my my right eye would not stop tearing, and it was just like streaming down my face, and the most. <laughs> bizarre involuntary way and i kept having to tell people i was not moved by our conversation but actually suffering from allergies yeah uh, you weren't so. it wasn't the disappointment in your son's performance <laughs> that was coming out on your face but that's uh, right okay. in fact the pollen yeah <laughs> oh man so uh our guest today is uh nico j kalyanotis he was uh born in greece came here when he was a teenager, uh, went to Queens, uh, and then ended up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, out with his uh, father. And he, you know, he photographs in an interesting way. He because he identifies as Greek and American now, and so he he sees things through those two different lenses, um, having experienced both the kind of the the ups and downs of um, of the economies of both Greece and the United States. And and so he's very interested, you know, in photograph right now, he's photographing the towns of Pennsylvania and, and interested in their, the, the economic distress out there as, as well as the, um, what he calls the, you know, the social landscape and the, and the hopes and dreams of Americans. Right. While simultaneously going back and photographing in Greece and trying to show, uh, the, it was during, especially during that crisis where all we were seeing over here were pictures of uh, old pensioners lined up trying to get their money out of the bank. And he went back to find that, no, there still was, you know, normal life happening and that it was some exaggeration despite terrible situation as well. Yeah. And, and you know, because of the, you know, the recent elections and, and all and the, the promise of new jobs, he had a nice uh, piece done on him on the PBS NewsHour. So we'll link to that on the website. But you can hear all about Nico uh, and his work on this uh, episode. Yeah, just keep listening. Don't turn off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Go to PBS after. Okay. <laughs> all right, everyone. Enjoy the show. We'll talk Thank to you later. I was awarded well, you know, the Northeastern. Well, let's um, let's roll into it. Okay. And, okay. Yeah, we can get yeah. to all that. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, you know, you were you were just talking about um, this show that you're working on, uh, or actually yeah. this this project that you're working on, America in, in a trance. In trance. And but and it's right now it's it's mostly Scranton photos, but no, it's actually Scranton photos, but it has developed to be from the in the entire state across from east to west. So a lot of the photos are from. Uh, South of Pittsburgh, north of Pittsburgh, so it's literally the entire state. Uh, mm -hmm. Southeast, Harrisburg, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. Okay. Um, a little bit in the city I photographed in in Pittsburgh, but I need to go back there to photograph in the city. But I covered a lot of old industrial towns, Marquisport, Marquise Rock, um, meat of the state, Altoona. Um, mm. So on my way, you know, I, I do day trips, but sometimes I stay over. I basically, you know, get in the car and, and drive and stop midway, then continue to go west and uh, that. But I, there's a lot of places I haven't been to. And also Philadelphia, because I want to incorporate the, the city element into those photos, not to include only the... Not just you the know, small rural towns. Correct, and, correct. Right. And, and I also, uh, one of my plans is to go uh, a little bit more to the more higher economic classes in Pennsylvania in towns to kind of show a little bit of the juxtaposition, et cetera. Right, but the it's range. the process, yeah. Uh, so what's getting a lot of airtime now, I guess, is are the photos from Scranton where you 
grew up part of your life, right? 20, 20 years, uh, half of my life, basically. Okay. I'm 43, no problem. <laughs> so <laughs> it's about 20 years I live in Scranton. This is 1998. But my initial uh, experience with the country was in Astoria, Queens. And my first project, uh, Beer Sweet Apple, was uh, after my editorial years working in newspapers full-time, were, was the Astoria project, the Beatles Sweet Apple. And I actually did that uh, story when I went to school here for my MFA, for my for my thesis. So I graduated from here, actually. It's, it's fun to be in this building again, although it has changed. You know, the, yeah, well, changed. we are uh, back in the big room at the School of Visual Arts. So the yeah. big room. Yeah, um, yeah I, I read on that. Uh, so you were born in Greece. I was born in Greece, yes. And uh, in Athens or just? I was born in Kozani, which is the northern uh, part of Greece, part of Macedonia, and then I grew up in Athens. Okay. Um, yeah, and then uh, I read uh, in another interview that you, uh, yeah, I guess your parents brought you over here in 87, I believe it was. Or First, my father moved here in 1979, I believe. Uh, I mean, you came for a visit, just like a visit, to, and, you, and that's when you ran a, into Astoria, and you're like, this isn't Greece, These people, what are these people doing here, you know, this, is like, this isn't my culture, what is going on, it, I can't wait to get back to Athens, get away from this stuff. Correct. It, it was a very <laughs> on point. Well, you have to understand that Europe in you know in the eighties and Athens in the eighties mm-hmm. were you know ninety eighty seven I think was the, my first experience here. I actually went to one year to Long Island City High School, which is across from the Queensboro uh, Bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't believe it's there anymore. I mean, the building is there, but the school has moved a little bit uh, on the other side. But back then. The, you know, the beautiful ethnic diversity that's going on, you know, in this country. And then in Astoria, you were not exposed to in Athens in the 80s or in the 90s. You know, besides of the topography of, you know, the you know, Manhattan and all that, you know, it's, it's a little, Athens is a little village. I mean, it's 4.5 million, right, approximately, but totally different experience. Yeah. But not diverse, you're saying, you mean? Or? Back th- oh, now it's very diverse. Oh, okay. Athens and Greece in general is very diverse, especially the cities. But back then, no. It was like Greeks, and that's it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it, you know, it was uh, but it was an interesting experience. But I was I came here because uh, you know, I'm an immigrant myself, but because of my parents, it wasn't like I had, I had economic situations that I need to be here to come and work, etc. So that was uh, uh, one element of the of the move. I just thought it was interesting that you had this like initial experience of Astoria, and you're like, you know, what is this place? And you, yeah, you know, I can't wait to get home. And then later, you're here, get as you said, working on your MFA and uh, finding yourself close to Astoria again and identifying with it in a, a new way. Of course, Astoria had changed since '87, right. but uh, but then your experience of being uh, now an American and looking at it and also probably having a closer connection to the people who were making a life there still identifying Mm -hmm. with uh, Greek heritage and integrating with in this very diverse community right what absolutely and what is very interesting is and the project is mostly about me and my reflection of it's not a documentation of a story or the culture etc but the elements the cultural Greek elements that you see here uh, you know from the graffiti the traditions uh, the writings on the wall, the murals sometimes, you don't see that in Athens. Um, mm. So irrelevant, but maybe not. So it was kind of, of uh, I felt back then that that whole uh, atmosphere at times was a little forced. It, isn't, mm. it didn't mean like the culture and all that, you know, the go to the Greek dances and right. et cetera. But I do follow the culture. I do follow, you know, the traditions, et cetera. But as a kid back then, um, I didn't really agree. And who doesn't want to be in New York? I mean, that was the one thing. I mean, people were telling me, are you crazy? You know, you don't want to be in New York City. And it was 
A yeah. lot of people, that's their dream to, to come and stay here. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, interesting how that uh, can go back and forth like that, where you're like starting off uh, with one perception of a place and then going back later as a photographer with a totally different view, right? And also, absolutely. And also, the one of the difficulties of that project was um, that it was my first personal project because I worked in newspapers mm-hmm. and I was assigned. You know, when you're assigned to go do an assignment, whatever you want, I can I can get you for that story. But making a, the transition to doing personal projects, I found fascinating. And, you know, mm-hmm. this school helped me with Charles Traub was a, a great inspiration for me uh, and it helped me shape the project. And uh, the people I worked with here, Andrew Moore, Andrew Moore Eleanor Caruzzi mm-hmm. um, and Alex Webb was uh, my thesis uh, advisor for that, oh, for that project great. so that was wow. a monumental experience yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was a semester on its own that's quite a team you had yeah, yeah. so yeah. that that project the editing is great you know part of alex webb well that's something i wanted to bring up too is uh that the work was featured on the lens blog mm-hmm. and uh i noticed uh and it's also on your website which Correct. we'll link to and um on the lens blog there were these pretty detailed captions going along with the mm. photographs, which I don't think are on, you're not on your website, right? And uh, it made me wonder about um, thinking about your work and being a photojournalist and working in that in that medium. Uh, do you, are those, ca- did, first of all, did you write those captions? And is that part of how you see presenting the work with like this, uh, this other uh, contextual information to go along with the photographs? Well, yes and no, but those captions were needed to go on the lens block. I initially didn't have captions for mm-hmm. the photos. Needed because they asked for them? Correct. That's, that's um, what I was wondering. And about. I actually went back and located those individuals and asked them for the, about their names and I just kind of write a little bit, not non-factual, absolutely, yeah. caption, but um, this project... I knew where to locate the people to get the information and the names because the project is, it's a story, but it's literally from 30th Avenue to Ditmers. It's in a very, very uh, small uh, area. It's not like the entire story, entire Queens. But I had to uh, go out and find that information, which I don't do in the current project because I don't see it as a, it's, it's a representation of myself and experience. And of course, with what has happened with the current election and the state of Pennsylvania that changed form a little bit of the way I see things mm-hmm. and how I would respond. But the new project is definitely, my intention is not to be political, but if you consider the, the broad, their photographic coverage over those areas, there might be some elements in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually that's, I wanted to follow up with that because you, you said a, a little while ago that, uh, these are really more about me than the place. And mm. when you write about your work, you do talk a lot about your heritage mm. and then how it's uh, filtered through that and, and having now both uh, being Greek and American, right, in your work. Uh, and you even quote um, Richard Averdon on your site, all photographs are accurate, none of them is the truth, mm. right? So you have, that. well, let me ask you, uh, and, and we just talked about, you know, the captions being required and but it wasn't originally in there. How... How do you see, um, how do you describe yourself in terms of the way you work and the kind of photographs you make? Is it, do you see yourselves as, as a documentary, social documentary, uh, social landscape, uh, social concern? Interesting, because um, all of the above and none of the above <laughs> in, a, in a way. But, and it has changed. That, when I did this project in Astoria, the Bittersfield Apple, I had this, you know, idea of documentary and photojournalism because and 
despite the fact that I, I worked in that photojournalistic style for years in the newspapers, and I basically brought that to this project, it was, it was problematic for me to kind of get those pictures that I wanted. And through discussions with colleagues and friends, the suggestion was to let loose. I wanted to be create a new contemporary document. And I was basically forcing myself to go, you know, maybe with a trance, maybe uh, <laughs> I wanted to do initially portraits and then all the cultures and all that. And then I spoke, you know, Charles again, bringing Charles Trump in and that, you know, just let loose, go out and make pictures and respond to uh, what you are seeing. And that has, in a way, uh, is my inspiration and haunting me till those till today. Um, and the project that I'm working on, the American Trends, it's mostly an experience of me experiencing the country. I use one camera, one lens. I get in the car and I drive. And that's why I have I have this distance in my work now in regard in contrast with the bittersweet apple and the Ferris with different projects. Um, with the people, so I keep my distance. I want to. I want to pass the, this view of the passerby going through these towns, because when you are in Europe, and it, that's part of my statement, you know New York, you know Los Angeles, you know Miami, especially back you know pre-internet era, you have no idea about Scranton or you know Altoona and all these towns, and I think that's that's important, and how these towns have been, you know, how they were in 50, you know, 30, 40 years ago and how they are now. I don't know, I want to ask you, do you, because it was in New Jersey, a friend of mine, Mike Froyo, he's, uh, he's been working on the Pennsylvania Railroad for about 10 years, doing like five by seven uh, black and white photos, really good work. But he curated so in, uh, in New Jersey, and I don't remember, it's across the river from Philly, but there was a, a, a uh, the railroad in the United States, and there was a photo from Scranton from 1957 of the railroad, which is now a bar and a hotel, huh. right on the tracks. Yeah. But if you see pictures from Scranton 40 years ago, yeah. you think you're in Times Square. It's uh, phenomenal. Oh, yeah. When, when these towns were in their heyday, they were bustling. I mean, I, I mean, and a lot of it was coal and railroad. And, you know, uh, I actually <laughs> just completed last year a, a pretty long project on the Mars Canal, which then became railroads, okay. which then became open spaces for housing developments and football fields, which mm -hmm. then became parks and all kinds of things. So uh, it has all that history in it. Uh, but yes, when you go back and you look at the old photos of, of these towns that, uh, that were arteries for commerce, it's, it's amazing how different they are now. There's all this infrastructure that's no longer useful. Absolutely. And in a way, for me, uh, having two countries, loving two countries, it's a little sad. Um, seeing that, and you know, you're not going to go back to coal, et cetera. That that's old. But Scranton, well, I don't know. You might be. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but um, no. But I have family friends that they were born in Scranton, and Scranton had like the lace factory. They used to make clothing for New York, and uh, a lot of you know, besides you know, the industry and coals and and steel and whatnot. Um, but you know, the question that is maybe in my work is what happened and. Yes, globalization and whatnot, but what will happen? Because these towns, if you travel, it's not, it's abandonment, but it's in a pretty bad shape. And it's very hard photographically. That, that's one of my, what I strive to, to not, you know, concentrate on the beauty of the abandonment, and et cetera. And that's, that's a very difficult task. Yeah, you're, you're walking a line that's, it's, it's been a, a, a long, a divisive, you know, argument in photography. There's, there's recording as a socialist, uh, a, a sociologist, not mm -hmm. socialist. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. You can be called a communist. <laughs> Let me say that. 
there's recording as a sociologist where you really where the the primary concern is the people. Mm. Uh, then there's um, recording uh, as a um, as uh, what we call ruin porn, right? Where Correct. where you're just like showing off, mm. right? You're showing off your chops and then these these places that everybody's just sort of psychologically attracted to and all these things, right? These deep dark places that we have. Um, and then there's recording somewhat passively, right? That new topographics idea, that mm-hmm. social landscape idea. And I think that's the line you're walking, right? It's, it's between it's those. Yeah. Around somewhere in between all those things, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, but, and the way um, those towns through, I think, I personally think that that particular theme, what you described in the contemporary photography, it was a little bit disregarded and it came back with the elections, with a campaign, all these towns and that photography. And I'm thinking sometimes that, well, maybe that theme that was in a way ignored photographically for the most part, you know, from the Bay Gallery scene, et cetera, might have predicted the election mm. and how you visually represent those those areas. You know, because if you work in a news organization and you're on assignment, you're going to go in and out and you're not there to leave the moment, to talk to the people, to experience the, the space. And that's what I want to do. Like being with no political party, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm, um, you know, a guy from Athens. Yeah, yeah. You no, know we have a lot of problems I'm, there. So. No, I'm, I, you know, I, I was out photographing... Um, out in the middle of New Jersey during the whole election, and and there were Trump signs everywhere and Confederate flags everywhere, and it's you know yeah, the, that I don't understand. Confederate, yeah. <laughs> really? Yes, I, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see them down south; it makes sense. Yeah. But. Oh, I've I've you know I'm doing a, a fair project on the side, um, but Western Pennsylvania it was near I don't remember near Williamsport. It doesn't matter, but there were a lot of Confederate flags, and I was with a friend, and we were wondering like, what is that? This doesn't make any sense. You know, it's you know down south, yes, maybe, but 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 I th- I think it's there's a dislocation. I think I think the Confederate flag up here is is a defiance, right? Is a way of, of saying I'm not part of this. Rebels, rebels. Yeah. But um, I want to get back to this idea of you. So first of all, I mentioned that you come from you came as a teenager and you saw the U.S. and Astoria, and then you went back. And then at some point, you were hinting at your father got work here or something. So there's a reason why you came here. But but skipping past that, I want to get directly to how do you wind up going from Athens to Scranton? And I assume there's this association with uh, Marywood, right? Mm-hmm. And so how, how did that wind up being that, if, like you said, if your picture of America coming with this European lens is all of these large metropolises, and yet you wind up at this uh, small Catholic college in Scranton, right? So how did that, that happen? That's because my dad taught there. He's still teaching ah, there. <laughs> that makes sense. So, oh. okay, we ha- I have a funny story that uh, not a lot of people know. But I was, you know, was a kid and I didn't, with passion, I didn't want to be out of my friends. I, you know, have to go to the soccer games in Greece. I was, you know, we're living in another planet back there. It's Europe. It's the 90s or yeah. 80s, 90s. Um, and I did walk from the Athens airport back home when I was 16 um, because I, my parents took all the, all the baggage checked in because they thought, oh, he would get on the plane. But I didn't. And I was 16 for three months, stayed in Athens by myself. Nice. But yeah. Well, yes, no, <laughs> no yeah, money, like, nothing. Yeah. But it was fun. Um, but what happened was, my dad came here in 1979 to go to do his master's, PhD, etc. And I think he actually went to CUNY, uh, taught in the city, and taught at Rutgers. And in '92, he got a job at the University of Scranton. Now you have to understand, Scranton in 1992, there was nothing uh, in there. Have you guys ever been there in, in Scranton, Pennsylvania? I don't. 
No, I, I, know I, I may have. have. I okay. definitely have not. I, yeah, I think my wife has a friend out there, so I think I stayed there once. Yeah, it has. Well, now it's 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 trying. There's a lot of things to do, but back then there were, I think, like two bars, and there was no mall. There was nothing, mm-hmm. and that was the shock of going from you know experiencing you know you're living in Athens, coming to New York, and then going to Pennsylvania. Actually, when he said, "Oh, I moved. I left New York City." I'm like, where did you go? He says, Pennsylvania. I'm like, what is that? Mm. You know, you don't know. I mean, yeah. this is pre, again, internet and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, you, I mean, you, you do say um, at some point uh, that you had a very Hollywood idea of what America was uh, before coming here. In some well, ways. in general, um, I refer to the Harley Davidson of the Marlboro Man because yes. I've watched that movie back <laughs> when right. I was a kid. Uh, not a, um, a Hollywood idea of... of in a derogatory statement against you know the country, not mm-hmm. at all. It's more of how you experience this uh, almost fiction through the movie screen. You know, movies, New York, pop Miami culture. Vice, pop culture, etc. When you come in the um, in New York, yes, you can experience that, or if you go to Miami and whatnot. But when you make the transition, moving from um, you know Astoria, New York, to go to Pennsylvania and Scranton, and then I lived in Ohio for one year in Coshocton, Ohio, which was you know another experience, and then from there upstate New York, uh, and I started to underst- understand, you can say, but also experiencing real quote America in those towns, and the newspaper played a huge role um, in that development, and also photographically, my visual language of language, because I go back to images that I photographed in the newspaper, which then I'm now on my website, and I, and I see the same tone and the same, you can say, sadness or search for, you know, a simulation through the newspaper uh, pictures because uh, I worked at the Word on Daily Times, and my photo editor was Norm Johnson, phenomenal newspaper, and we had all the freedom you could imagine. We run features, we run silhouettes, we write a photo essay every two weeks. We were not, you know, meeting photo newspaper, et cetera. And that's very rare to, to do right now in newspapers. But through that, and I'm looking looking back at the pictures, I, I noticed that. So, and I have written in personal uh, writings that I do that in a way I was sense where this whole situation politically will go experiencing these towns from from back in the day, how, you know, there was no trust in the politician and this and that, and how, you know, what we've experienced and now they believed what they believed, okay? So that, you know, it's a win or lose kind of game. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and that, I think, um, really made me think about my work and helped my transition because I go back to those images and aesthetically them, them, there's a lot of uh, similarities, but how do you apply that on the personal work? And that went through that transition. And that project that I'm doing right now, The American in Trance, I started with a two and a quarter film. It went to four by five uh, color. That didn't work. I wasn't feeling there. So I had like two stages before what I'm doing right now. And I kind of basically let go. I said, this equipment, this film, whole idea, it gets in the way. So I just bought a, a small camera and I'm just kind of traveling and blending. And in when there. you say small camera, I assume you're going to mean digital. Digital, yeah. That's yeah, okay. a Sony. And yeah. Because it's very, the, the, the way I work is very, especially for this project, is very responsive. A lot of pictures in those in these towns are taken while driving. Like I stop, I stop traffic, I open the door. And it's, it's very quick because there's nobody really really lives there. So it, you don't have that luxury of being in the city and have all these elements developing in front of your lens. But let's just go back a little bit. So um, did yeah, you say you gonna, were... We're going to insist on getting the whole biography <laughs> out you, of you. Yeah, yeah, by all means, yeah. go, go yeah. shoot. And I'm Greek. I mean, you know, stop me, throw something <laughs> yeah. at me. I mean, you Did know, you say I, you were 20 when you first came here? No, well, no, first, no, he said he was, was 16 when he like ran away for, at the airport. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then eventually, I assume... 
three months later or something, they had convinced you to actually come to America. Right, but I, I was here before in the, I don't remember when it was, that it was 80, sometime early 80s, maybe mid 80s, that uh-huh. I went to um, one year to Long Island City High School. Right. Oh, that okay. with the airport was after that. That's right. Okay. I think. And your father came here when? 79. To go to school. PhD and right. et cetera. And then he... Then in the yeah. 90, early 90s, he started teaching in Scranton. Scranton. He's been right. there for like right. since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then so so you were living in Scranton with him before you went wound up going to uh, Marywood or you moved I've, and went to go to Marywood? When I came here and uh, made the decision primarily, that was in 97. Okay. I came and went to community college. Uh, Luzerne County Community College in Pennsylvania, about 40 minutes from Scranton. Then I went to uh, Marigold University. I transferred, stayed there about three years. And then after that, I got a newspaper job in Coshocton, Ohio. I stayed there for ah, about so a year. that's how you wound up in Ohio for a year. Right. And then from there, I went four years at um, the Wharton Daily Times, upstate New York, Lake Ontario. Beautiful area, freezing. <laughs> but great, great opportunities there. Uh, it was two hours from Mont- from uh, Ottawa, three hours from Montreal. It was mm-hmm. one hour from Syracuse. So we had to. It's good times. Right. Yeah. Good <laughs> snow times. Very good. <laughs> yes. What people consider snow in Scranton, it's right. not. But, although we got hit pretty bad. But was it always photography when you came here for... Your education, if yes. at least a community college? Yeah. Yes, photography. I studied photography. And then I freelanced for a local newspaper while I was doing that. And then, yeah, it's basically, yeah. Did that start in Greece? No. I had no relationship with art, exposure, nothing. I, I wanted to be a musician back in the, you know, my Hollywood <laughs> dreams. <laughs> uh, but that didn't work out. So And you, uh, were, you were living with your, your mother then? My mom alone in Greece. For a while, one, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. In Athens. And then we came here. And it was... A lot of people ask me this question, and, you know, how do you start in photography? How was, you know, I did not pick up a camera when I was 10 or 9. I had no, no connection. I picked up a camera when I came here primarily, which it was in 20, uh, was 23, I think, 22 or something like that. Um, but I do have three uncles in Greece that they do photography. Mm. <laughs> I didn't even remember. It never so occurred somewhere to me. it was in that, in that brain. I guess yeah. you can say that <laughs> it's in my body. Because my dad is in economics. He is in business finance, and we have, like, the opposite mm. spectrums of uh, mm. So from there, I, uh, from Wardown Daily Times, I came, um, stayed there for four years, and then I actually quit that job for personal reasons. I used to be married, divorced, et cetera. And I came back to Scranton, yeah, freelance. Like divorced, et cetera. Et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do not want to get into You don't want to get into that conversation with a Greek at SVA. <laughs> we'll be here until midnight. Um, so, and then I actually started my uh, MFA at Marywood. So before I came into this building, I had one year of MFA credits. And I made this decision, I said, because my goal was to teach. I said, well, maybe it's a good school, but it's not as competitive. There's no, you know, not a lot of graduate students, which which is fine. I'm going to apply to the big schools. And I applied to uh, different, a couple of schools, like I think three, I don't remember. And one was School of Visual Arts. So I came here, I had an interview with Charlie, and, uh, you know, saw the work. He said, you have a good eye, but you need a theme. I'm like, ha, theme. And, you know, you're going back to, like, your personal project. But um, they didn't accept all my credits from, actually, they didn't accept any of my credits from from Scranton. So I did the whole MFA from the beginning. So I did basically, you know, one year there and nothing transferred here. So I started Mm -hmm. from scratch. Mm -hmm. But I was determined, you know, I wanted to have the the constructive... uh, criticism and competition and I was very very lucky um, that 
my class was, you know how photographers can get competitive and graduate programs can get competitive. We no. we didn't <laughs> ride yet. <laughs> We were we were like a family with a class that it was a 2013 class. And to me, I have been fortunate in my life to both in the academic, a student, a newspaper, wherever I collaborate with, the people that I work with on any level to be family. And I was lucky till this day to do that. I refuse to work somewhere or do photography that I don't, you know, I don't really care how good a photographer is. If that, there's no personality, it's, you know, you know, cockiness and all that. Mm -hmm. Were you you still supporting yourself through freelance work? Freelance, yeah. 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 Freelance work. I freelance for the times here, but I was doing other things. So that's why you didn't go into fashion photography probably. No, fashion (laughs) photography, you know, it's so easy to get into. (laughs) No. Never ever took a fashion picture, actually. So. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, you know, there's a certain attitude, I think, that's necessary to uh, live in that world. That. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's another world, exactly. Yeah, totally different world. But, uh, yeah, so then you wind up here at SVA. At SVA. And then uh, we, we spoke. Was that work that you did in Astoria, like your thesis project? That was my thesis project, yes. Great. And uh, I do have some, some developments that I might be coming back here to, to live here. Uh, we'll see how things go. And I really want to continue that project um, with the same kind of approach or maybe expand a little bit out to like other parts of New York. Mm. Uh, but, you know, this is a city that was uh, has been photographed so much for by so many great photographers. And, you know, it's very, very, I find it very difficult. And even the work that is disseminated out there, what to make something different, to make it things look a little bit different. I find it hard. And I've never, when I was here, I've never photographed in Manhattan. I would stay away. I can't, you know, I mm. found that very, very uh, intriguing. <laughs> uh, who were your people? Like, who were your influences Went throughout your education? Throughout and my then, education, yeah. I'm, I'm, I can call me traditionalist in that, but I have the, the people, the photographers that have influenced me, but not both for the work, but also for the mentality and the vision behind it was Robert Frank, Joseph Kadelka, Gary Winograd, and for different reasons. Gary Winograd for the passion of the obsession of going to photograph. Robert Frank for the vision of that he had about you know the social vision that had about the country and his reflection on the country, which he if he was you know twenty right now he would probably would do the Americans again. So relevant, and then just Joseph Kadelka, because of the, it's almost looking at his photography, especially the book The Exiles, you can see him in every single photo, his personality, like his emotion, his nostalgia. So I kind of like equate those three photographers with, you know, their processes. Yeah. Because I'm very interesting, you know, when I look at work and I read about work, regardless if I have no interest in the work, I'm very interested in the process of the photographer and how, you know, what comes behind the photograph. None that does not mean that I do not, you know, agree with, I have to read 20 pages to understand what this is, but more so in the process that is going on with, with the work. I imagine you'd mix a little Walker Evans in there too, Yes, right? yes, yes. The Walker Evans actually, yes, good point, because the photograph that in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which I don't know, you guys ever been that in that uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania? I went to Lehigh for a year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Have you been to that location that that photograph yeah, was taken? It's the first place I went. Exactly. <laughs> it's an amazing experience, isn't yes. it? Up on the hill. Up on the hill, yes. overlooking. I, I've been town. through there, but I have not gone to the location. It's very interesting yeah. because you can go right now, and it's the same. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find that cross as in the foreground. No, I, I, I was told it was knocked down and not put back up again. Okay, yeah. but everything is the same because the, the road in front of the cemetery, it's a downhill. So, you know, even if there's cars there, 
you don't see them. So you still have that 39, 30, you, whatever. Yes, you, you still have the layer of the houses against the factory. Yes, yes. and I've been there and um, yeah, many times in that, in that area. Uh, but you mentioned before that the, the photographs that are featured, um, you know, where you guys saw the, mm -hmm. the online, those are not Scranton. Those are like all over. Oh, okay. I got yeah. that wrong. Okay. Right. Yeah. There were, I mean, there may be a couple from Scranton, mm -hmm. two or three. Uh, but even um, a lot of, you know, the Rust Belt and uh, even parts of Pennsylvania, there's, there's also been this tradition. I mean, uh, Lee Friedlander obviously photographing through there uh, in Factory, is it Factory Valley? Yeah, in yes, Factory, Factory Valley. Valleys. And uh, then when you mentioned earlier going, to, I, I was very briefly in uh, Pittsburgh. And as soon as you're in Pittsburgh, you know, everyone's, you've Eugene got, Smith. yeah, you got to think of Eugene Smith. And I mean, it, I think that's, if New York is very photogenic, then Pittsburgh is like right in line. It's like in the top five. It's it's very photogenic as it well. It is. Right? And and can I go back to the Walker Evans Bethlehem photo for a second? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I I mentioned that I mentioned the Walker Evans photo in the statement and especially what ha the American in the trans statement because that photograph I mean you can translate a photograph a million ways, depending on what you're looking for, but to me, looking that you know the cemetery, the the houses, and the the steel mill in the background, considering what has happened in the area, there's a casino next to that area. Yeah, the yeah. Sands Casino. Yeah, and I have I have done uh, some research about for this project, and I don't really go into much of the into the. I mean, I read the history, but I don't want to get into. Okay, I have to like document this, etc. I want to experience this, and I don't go read like ten books to go into Pittsburgh or that that particular space. But I almost saw that photograph as, as a prophecy of what had become of those areas in the Rossville in terms of the industry. And because there's a casino, there's clubs, there's restaurants next to it. There's actually a pretty lively art scene, too. In there that is. Area. There's a banana factory. The, the banana factory. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. It's a very nice, it's a nice, very, very nice area. Yeah. But, you know, there were a lot of people back then that there were 35,000 people from yeah. Bethlehem that worked there. This no, all, the all this is recent. I mean, yeah. there was nothing there for right. many years once right. the steel mill closed. Right, yeah. right. But that, and that's one of the questions which I think photography needs to kind of like, we need to rethink about that, about America. You know, I've seen a, I noticed the, there was a big exhibition, the World Press photo that came in the, in the, in the States, was a, the first stop was in Philadelphia. And, you know, spectacular photography, okay? Nobody can deny it. There was one project from the United States back mm. then. To me, that's a problem. You know, I want to see more work that is not about, you know, based just on fiction or like just personal reflection. I mean, about the communities, about regardless of what your political affiliation is, those people, those Ross Belt, Scranton, Pittsburgh, et cetera, if you don't have the money to get out of that town, what are you going to do? If I, am, if I become unemployed tomorrow, I have nobody to train me to do anything in Scranton. I will probably go work, you know, making eight bucks an hour. But how do you know? I mean, I'm not saying that my work does that, but it's more sort of experiencing emotionally that space. Um, but you mentioned Pittsburgh. Actually, it's very photogenic, but and you mentioned New York. I find New York very, very tricky to photograph. Hmm. That area up there, it's a lot, you can say, not easier to photograph, but it depends what you're looking for. The city itself, I actually went there one of my second trips. I admit it, it was, I think, nine degrees. I, I, almost, I only survived for 20 minutes, so I want to go back. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. But I, um, it's a beautiful city. It's very, very, the layout is very interesting because you have the hills, you have yeah, the steel, incredible. the bridge. It's an incredible city. Yeah. But then you have a major project there back then. And how that 
has changed now, looking at those pictures that Eugene Smith did, amazing, amazing change. Yeah, yeah and he you, talks about that being a failure for him. Like he spent all that time and effort and he felt like he didn't get what he was going to get, which, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's still a, an amazing body of work. It and, is, uh, it is, it is. But that area is very, it's very, very interesting. Although, you know, you're still in Pennsylvania, you know, the East Coast from the West Coast, the, you know, the topography, the layout, the people, it's, it's very, very intriguing. And also... We were discussing you saying earlier how it can become you know cliche or exploitation whatever that means and you know photography is exploitation anyways but there are a lot of interesting characters there you can admit it like Scranton you will not see the characters and the fashion of Scranton the people you will not see it in New York City it's you can do a book on a week on a weekend but you know I don't want to do that that's not my interest of saying okay this is a very interesting character I'm gonna do a portrait. But then what else do you do yeah. and, you know, in, in your project? And I come to this uh, issue constantly when I go out there. Oh, yeah, this might look like, you know, Bruce Gilden if I photograph it that way. And that has no interest in that kind of, you know, style. So Yeah. And, and a lot of these, uh, um, and I'm not trying to lump everything together, but there is a similar architecture to these towns you, you find in New Jersey and Pennsylvania mm. that were that that were revolutionary settled towns and and then found coal and all kinds of things and and so you you the the landscape tends to uh, be similar from one town to another you know unless there's you know, mountainous things or something like that but but then yes you're right then there's there's the people who then have their their own character for that town and even you know then that you even pick up little dialect changes and and language changes things like that only you see the same people over and over again. Yeah. Like in this grant, and I've seen, you know, people that I photographed three or four different times. Actually, I photographed one person. It was actually my, my latest post on Facebook. I have photographed that uh, man three years ago in a different setting in a photograph that I didn't like that much. But you kind of see the same people. And Scranton is not a very small city. It's like, I mean, it's 80,000, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole county is about, you know, with, with Lackawanna, Lucerne, Wilkesbury. Uh, Mark Owen was uh, from Wilkesbury. You, oh, know that, uh, you know that Mark Owen, that yeah. project at the Grimshaw? Yeah. He photographed in, in Wilkesbury. Dif- different style. But you're right, the, the landscape is, is very similar. But it's more dramatic west. Western Pennsylvania, the mm. landscape is more dramatic mm-hmm. uh, because you have a lot, a lot more character. Because it's like borders with Ohio, too, and then things change there. Right. Uh, but f- as, a, as a European... I have photography friends from Greece that they're going to visit here, and I can't wait to take him to experience that. It's an experience, you know, and it has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with positions, and it's all about, you know, the photography, the experience of this country through a picture, you know. That's basically my goal. I have no agenda, no, you know. Whether, you know, yes, there's always an agenda, but... <laughs> no, but you, I mean, the, when you mentioned your influences, they made perfect sense for yeah. the kind of photography you do. I, would like to, I like to keep things open-ended. You know, yeah. I don't want to force a particular meaning to the photograph. Mm-hmm. This is about this. This right. is my experience, and then you can interpret it in any uh, shape or form one yeah. wants to. Something I was reading, I believe in the statements about your work, um, and you use a word that I think... A lot of photographers use, and I, I, I think... Oh, you're going to test me now. Probably not. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably thought yeah. about and that please, so much. Please, please answer in the form of a question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Circles of mean? confusion. <laughs> uh, so in the, no, just kidding. Um, no, it's this idea, and uh, I think we've, we've all used it before. It's this idea of investigation, right? And uh, I think uh, both in, uh, in the work from Pennsylvania and the work in Astoria, this idea of... Uh, an investigation and then the photographs are sort of a result of that 
and now maybe tying back in with uh, working for a newspaper where you probably actually were like, oh, go out there, make get photographs that show this sort of thing. But I wonder if we're, I wonder if we actually are in truly investigating, or if it's partly that as photographers we're like we're desperate for. Uh, we're desperate to find the things that are going to be interesting for us to photograph and, and ways to go out and photograph them. And we find subject matter that's compelling to us, but it's also, it's compelling because we can make pictures that we're interested in making there. And I'm, I wonder if there really are investigations of the place in the traditional sense of going to investigate it, or if we're, if it's like a, a way to put us on a path to make photographs that we want to make. The latter. It's actually it's a very good point because, yeah, it's more about an investigation f of myself and my response to the place. And yes, you are... Um, I wouldn't say I'm looking for interesting things to photograph. I'm, I would like to photograph things that interest me. And I have always, I have been thinking about, and maybe that's part of the investigation of, you know, you get in your car or the subway, you travel to take a picture, and you drive for miles, and at one point you stop. And you photograph that particular person walking on that street or that particular building or landscape. But if you have ignored many other landscapes and many other people but you have connected with that moment and i can still i'm still trying to find a word to describe that i guess it's an intuitive connection with 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 an emotional connection with a moment and you stop and you photograph and i feel i like to feel the moment more so than describing it yeah you're right they investigate the, the word investigation it's i don't mean it in a literal sense it's definitely more about about me exploring the the, the place the neighborhood the town um the yeah, people. you were talking about the landscapes that you pass by the, and the the something you, you identify with and but but even even to say that you get in your car and go somewhere i think that's part of the motivation of we we come up with these projects or these ideas that we want to personally do and the photographs themselves are less about a real investigation it's more like oh i now have a reason to get in my car and go drive yes, to this absolutely, place absolutely yes and, and that's also an, yes and that's also an obsession as too for the particular kind of obsession, work obsession i think know? is a great word yeah it, it's it, you have to and that particular style or genre i don't want to titles on it you have to get in your car and especially in those areas you have to go out and drive and drive and drive but yeah i think but i'm mostly interested in things that are interest me um both visually and emotionally but more so how i res how i perceive the moment on an emotional level what it means to me and as funny as it sounds or maybe weird i see it as uh meeting a woman somebody in this building <laughs> a fellow student years ago when I actually went my MFA, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to start it with you. you maybe it's fun. Um, we're outside here smoking back then. Don't say that to Charles. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was. And he said, Nico, let me ask you. I don't remember who he was, but I remember the question. Is, I'm like, what? He said, what is, a what is a photograph for you? What, like, what does it mean? What are you looking for in a photograph? And I was like, what? It's like 8.30. We go to like critique <laughs> at 9 or so. And I thought about it really fast. And I said, photography is like a woman. You have to have that chemistry, initial, very fast respond, whether you know, you're a woman towards a man or et cetera, that you connect. And I see you drive through these towns and through these landscapes and you stop and you get out of your car really fast and you photograph that guy that walks in front of that building under this kind of atmospheric mood and this sign and that whole kind of uh, scenario and you take a picture. And I think that response is in a way honest because you 
you're responding. You're not really thinking about if, will this will will this work. You don't think if this will work if you're meeting somebody for the first time or you're falling in love. You're falling in love. Yeah, I, the it's way I, right, I the way I've described it in the past and when I was working on stuff is there's when you're out in the world or you're walking around. There's you're like in a field of it's a, it's like a, a a wide field of all this visual information that's going by and it's it becomes a, a blur it's like a tableau and then something jumps out from the field uh, and it calls attention to itself now it's either your life experience of everything you've gone through up to that point that makes that thing jump out of of this general blur of a field or it's because you've given yourself the task of, oh, I'm interested in this, and so your brain is going to point it out to you, whereas someone else is going to walk right past it, right? And so then we come up with these parameters because we're interested in it. And uh, an example I give from the past is when I was interested in buying one of the first new cars I ever bought. I was interested in a car. I, it had just come on the market, so there weren't that many in Boston at the time. And as soon as I thought about buying that car, I started seeing it everywhere, whereas I never saw it before, right? And so you're, you find yourself driving through these small towns in rural Pennsylvania, and there's, you're, you've sensitized yourself to certain things you're going to find, and they're going to present themselves to you. And hopefully that's what we, we need you for, is that you're going to put yourself through that experience to bring that back to us, right? Exactly. And you also you mentioned uh, two very important words, to me at least, and in relation to photography, life experiences. Mm-hmm. What, ha- what has your life experiences been before you pick up a camera? Or in general, even if you're photographing professionally, what are your life experiences that you have been through, good or bad, as a photographer or as an individual? I think that is, uh, you know, a very important ingredient that translates and separates a powerful photograph or a project for uh, a project that is not so interesting. The life experience. And as if you think it in terms of just as a person, a person that has a lot more life experiences, whether good, bad, it will be a lot more interesting in, than a person that doesn't have any experience. And I think if you think about students going into, you know, undergraduates or graduate programs and they want to be, you know, famous and they want to go directly at MoMA, I have no, when I came into the school, I had no interest about that at all. Like I wanted to make a good project that I will feel passionate about. And, and I didn't care what the trend is. I still don't care what the trend is or is has been done before. And this conversation keeps popping up and up and up and over and over again. And it's like, oh, you know, uh, Robert Frank did this or, you know, Alex Soft did this. It doesn't really matter who did it. It's what you're going to put into it. Are you passionate about? And is this part of your life experience to me? I yeah, I, unfortunately. And I mean, I, I have students who have lived, some of the young ones, but even uh, at Columbia, we have the thing called the School of General Studies mm-hmm. where people can come back you know, a couple of years after high school to decades after high school. And uh, a lot of um, veterans uh, who have served in the military. And uh, sometimes there's something when people first connect to making art where they, if they've been exposed to art, maybe through art history classes or something, instead of thinking that their life has prepared them through the experiences you're talking about, they might, they sometimes start off trying to like make art, you know, like what they imagine art is going to be. And then they don't pull upon what is actually interesting about them individually. And they're trying to reproduce what they've already. And that's where it fails. You could be the most interesting person in the world. And then they pull out their box of prints to show you. And you're like, why are you looking at this? This is like, Right, and I think trend. In the, yes, and I think right. the trend is, you know, depending what your aspirations are as a photographer, artist, whatever you want to call yourself, or a human being, uh, 
plays a big role. And, you know, I wonder sometimes, and talking with friends, but to myself most of the time, what will be our future history of photography? If you really put down projects that have been done by whatever, from Walker Evans, Robert Frank, Cindy Sermon, whatever, it doesn't matter, to what I, it's been produced now, and I'm not saying there's not good work produced right now, but, you know, I don't think that, that this, the power that existed back then exists now. And, and especially in regards to, like, American photography, I think we're kind of circulating back to the same old people, the same, we go backwards sometime and we look at it. And I had this, this conversation um, with a professor, and I said, you know, we keep, we keep studying, you know, Robert Frank, Robert Frank, and we had about uh, some discussions about work. And I said, well, if that is considered conventional, or traditional photography that you have seen before, then why we keep studying the same people over and over again? Why would you study Walker Evans or Robert Frank if that's, uh, you know, it's been done before and it's so traditional and conventional and it doesn't present or bring something new to the table? And what is really new? You know, there's so many, this conversation could go on, you know, yeah. the new photojournalism or after photojournalism. I don't even know what all that means, you know, and it's in, it's in a way, takes away from the love of the work of going out and doing that, taking pictures. Um, but, you know, um, school is the, a good place to have that conversation, exactly. and, right? Exactly. And, that, and, and figuring out what is part of the canon that should be taught and, and you know, that that's that's a perfectly legit place to do that, but it, you've got to let go of so much of that when you're out photographing. You can't have all that stuff just sort of floating in your head and, and clogging your experience uh, because then then you do end up making somewhat uh, um, you know dry uh, um, intellectual ideas as opposed to photographs. But I also think it might it might prevent when it's a, the school is a perfect uh, place for discussing those issues, of course. But um, do you think and maybe I should. I'm asking a question or I'm stating that by having that conversation, a lot of students or people that just start out, they really are, have an interest in that kind of photography or that kind of thing, but they're not going to do it because it's going to fall under the tradition or it's been done before. And then they do something else that have like no, pa no passion about it and the mm -hmm. work is translated. So I, that's how I kind of... Yeah, and we're talking about a sp very specific kind yeah. of photography, right. being out in the real, you know, right. in the real, as Correct. John Tchaikovsky would say, right? right? In, in the, the real, real world. world. Right. Yeah, well, part of it, and this is academia as well, is that um, between art history and contemporary uh, art uh, discussion coming filtered probably through this all of this uh, postmodern critique and there's a lot of a lot of a lot of people are doing work that doesn't require the real world because it's in the studio or they're or they're photographing themselves and their friends in a way to uh, investigate identity politics investigate. and yeah exactly <laughs> investigate identity politics and uh, so therefore in the work itself, even if someone says, well, this is very American because, you know, they, you know, look at, you know, this community and the way this community is being uh, represented or treated within America and American politics and everything. But in the photographs themselves, you're not necessarily seeing America. You're seeing Americans. Right. Correct. And so that that is why I think we still look at work that does uh, and has actually gone out into the world, gone out into and got out into the small towns and everything is why the, you look at those Robert Frank photographs uh, or those Walker Evans photographs. You know, we, everyone knows Frank had a copy of Evans's uh, American photographs with him as he went out there. We, we still are like identifying with something that is 
part of what it means to be America. Absolutely. Right. But do we agree that it's not really uh, a lot of uh, work out in the real world in America? <laughs> Is it? I mean, I have that question. What you said about, you know, going out there or describing issues in a fictional kind of setting or whether by photographing yourself, your friends or your family and kind of you want to kind of reflect or comment on, on a particular topic, whereas going out and, and actually photographing that issue. And I think there's a big difference of how the photograph would translate when you go out, you know, you know, Bruce Gilden going out to photograph these people for a particular, you know, just for a particular message. But where I'm photographing myself in, um, you know, in my own house to, I don't think that, trans I don't think it translates as with such power as actually going out there and photographing that issue. If you're photographing, commenting on an issue that is social, has to do with America, if you're doing it in a fictional setting. I mean, it has been instances that it does, but I don't know. I like the power of going out there um, and and covering those those issues. I mean, I don't think it would be the same when you have uh, a press photographer that's going into a war zone and it you know risks his life, you know, um, all these things. Well, he's not really commenting; he's on assignment. But then you have a photographer that is going to use that photography. We're going to appropriation now, but have a message and then there's also this discussion of how uh, powerful that kind of photography is and if it actually brings any change wow. but you know I wouldn't ramble there man. No, that's <laughs> right. this is uh, a rambling show <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's part of you know, that's, a that's part how we make points we just ramble till we get to something yeah. but no, no, <laughs> or not. Well, I guess my point is that what I'm trying to say is that as a as a person that you know got into photography late and I th and I'm happy about that i'm fortunate in a way about that because i wasn't experienced to like all this like amazing art that we had and all this project i know you know i have learned specific things that interest me uh some of them you know i look at all genres of photography but you guys were born here your experience of this of this place is a lot more in detail than mine but i just think there is from what i have known and what i've seen there's not a lot of that style of photography that is promoted. As we're going back to it about, you know, not only landscapes or topographic, et cetera, the American theme in a more raw um, tone. You see a lot of it on Instagram, though, I can tell you that. There's a sure. lot of great photographers I have discovered on Instagram that, you know, they're, but, you know, you don't see that in the mainstream, uh, you know, galleries in... Yeah, well, as we're recording this, it's during APAD, and uh, there's a photography show is up, and um, I haven't been yet, but I'm going tomorrow. And But other people who have been there have said that you, you know, it's the kind of usual stuff that you're probably going to see, and that, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, the marketplace, once you start factoring that in, it changes, you know, changes everything about... Yep. Then, then we have to talk about other factors, which no, have nothing to do have nothing that. to do with uh, why we want to go out and make pictures, right. and whole other thing. So you got this MFA, and you said you were interested in teaching, and now you are teaching, teaching at Drexel and back at uh, your old yeah, original alma mater, uh, alma mater. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is in both schools, uh, um, Drexel and uh, Maryland University. And uh, I enjoy teaching. And uh, I, at Maryland University, I teach a variety of courses from, you know, basic color one, color two, photojournalism, history. Mm -hmm. um, but at Drexel, I teach um, uh, basic photography, photo one, and intermediate. And that's one of my favorite classes of getting you know, the passion of people, usually non-majors or minors in photography, um, a lot of them, and to see that passion and, and good work. 
you know, and shaping their vision, etc. I found I found that to be very, very, very rewarding. Is it film and digital? It's both. Yeah, yeah. the class I teach is digital. No, I'm I'm asking if they do both. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> the, <laughs> no, I wasn't presenting a third choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> supposed to iPhone or that's Android? Right. Um, no, no it's uh, the class I teach is in uh, at Melbourne University. I do both, um, but in Drexel is digital. The class I teach is digital, but we do do we do analog photography to other mm. other classes, Palladium and all that. So yeah, um, well they've got well Andrea Modica is at, at Drexel, yep. right? But yeah, so. Yeah, so is your father happy that you wound up teaching? Well, my father wanted, wanted me to be in, to go into economics. He was totally, you know, yeah. against the photography. But you know, the last you know five six years, I've came to gain his trust, and oh, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, is, you is see, he retired? Oh no, no, he's oh. still teaching. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, I think he has like three years to go. And you know, he came from a very very small uh, village in southern greece in avia in an island that it's not even on google maps so wow. <laughs> yeah i mean you go you drive there it's called comito i can't believe i'm even saying this right now <laughs> but you know you drive and there's like it's like 25 miles from the a town but it takes you like two and a half hours to get there because it's like gravel roads and it's like you know when the the world collapses that's where you want to be oh, in yeah. fish and hunt yeah. if you do that you just go through the gravel roads and you park your car and see a green mountain and then you go literally through like creeks to go into the stone houses sounds beautiful oh it is oh, it amazing. is so yeah. <laughs> yeah it is but he came from you know i can't believe i've never actually asked him that question and maybe because where he came from to queens if mine was a soccer from athens he has been you know he probably still on therapy if he got <laughs> from back then because i'm talking about what like they have like three students in his high school when he went to, to school it was wow. like really really talking about like you know yeah uh, yeah. Movie setting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at what point do you think he? You said you uh, you have his trust now, and uh, he, that he's okay with what you do. When do you I think, think after that I graduate uh, from this program. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and I started doing something. I mean, he, no, actually, he was uh, you he were was a proud, and <laughs> no, he was uh, he was actually proud when I got into the newspapers because uh, the the. My career at the World on Daily Times was uh, was very 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 good. It went well. Mm -hmm. I was producing good work, um, and I was lucky to have the photo editor again. I'm going back to that, but I th because I think that's important to have in a newspaper the freedom to do anything you want to cover your community. I was so fortunate to to do that. On top of you know, I cover Syracuse basketball, football, etc. for for fun. But uh, it's right right now because daily uh, newspapers, especially in you know in small towns, is like meetings and spaghetti dinners. We didn't do any of that back then. I don't know if they do that right now. But um, sharing my experiences with with him was very. It was a form of communication, and actually, my project and the work. That's why I say the work is about me. It's about experiencing a Mary, but it's also my. You can say alienation slash anger slash what am I doing here? Why I'm in Western Pennsylvania in the village photographing this situation, you know, five thousand miles from home, and my relationship with my father was also there was a gap there because you know I he left in seventy nine. I was six, okay, and then we became a family in like ninety eight. So there are the. Is there baggage there? Well, yeah, but I think that comes. With, I try to bring that in the work, and I think that's when the life experiences kick in, and you kind of responding. I'm not thinking about art. I'm not thinking about contemporary photography. I'm not thinking about anything when I'm doing that. Oh, who did what? I could care less. It's about how I'm feeling that moment. You mentioned you know being uh, people asking what has been done, and it's 
it's you that's going to make the difference, right? It's it's that that it, a bit yeah. more instinctual and the life experience uh, experiences that you have that that's the filter that you can end up in the same place and and make the photographs that are more distinctly yours. Yes, I th- I, th- I think so. I mean, you're right. You're definitely right about that. I think life experiences and where you come from and how you grew up and you know it plays a big big role in the way you're going to photograph. You know, if you had no money, you know, and you did those projects that those people did back in the day, the work you can see the 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 result in the work of their experience of you know while doing the project, but also before that, this you know personal turmoil or emotional having some issues, which I think issues are great. It brings your creativity out. <laughs> but if you had you know a, you never had problems with your life, you never struggled, and you lived a very comfortable life. Well, that also shows in the work, I think, you know. And, and so what about your mother? Where is she now? Or she's in Scranton, too. Yeah. We're all in Scranton. Still there. Yep. Still there. Uh, <laughs> it's a big it's magnet drawing you guys all magnet. to Scranton. You guys have to come up there. It's a very it's a very interesting. There's like Maryland University, University of Scranton, Penn State, Worthington, Keystone College. There's a lot of Wilkes. There's about seven schools in that area. Mm. But yes, yeah, she's there. And, uh, and I've never photographed, you know, going back to the Scranton photos. I've been, you know in and out of that place for about about 20 years with my time in Ohio and, and, and I'm staying in New York and then New York City. And I've never really photographed uh, in Scranton. And it did start from Scranton. Some of the pictures, I did have a project called Electric City. But then while I had that on the, on the, on the website, I was working on the 4x5 stuff. But that, that was not, it was not me. It was not representing me, who I, who I am as a, car, as a, as a person. Uh, and, both, and that didn't translate in the style. In, in the photography of who I was, both visually and as a person. And then it started from there, and then I went you know, to the next town, and, et cetera. I was familiar with Mark Cohen, but that's a completely different style of, of work. Um, you know, looking at that work and looking at that, that area, and when he did that, when you had Joel Merritt here, Gary Winograd, he did that back in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Like, there's nothing going on there. There's not a lot of opportunities. But I think that's the beauty of it and the challenge. Like, I've never had, I was photographed where I'm at, um, where I live, and it happens to be New York and, you know, Greece and, and Pennsylvania. Will I take pictures if I go, you know, in somewhere else or in India? But I don't have, I will never go there for a project. And I think a lot of photographers, especially students, fall into that trap. I have to go to a very interesting place to make interesting pictures. Well, if you know how to frame and, you know, you're a good photographer, you are going to make an interesting picture anywhere. So Yeah, there's, there's looking for the things that are remarkable. Yeah. And then there's making a photograph that's right. remarkable. Correct. Yeah, you mentioned Winogrand earlier, and he's very famous for saying that your photograph of the thing has to be more interesting than the mm. thing, right? So if you if you go to the parade, you know, you just can't make a picture of right. someone and have it be the interest because you're at the parade. Uh, well, one, uh, uh, I, we were like zipping through all of your different projects. <laughs> the and editing so- will be interesting. <laughs> no, 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 we leave we're it. We're going like straight this. through. Oh, straight, no. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing we didn't touch on is that you did go back and photograph in Greece. Motherland is the, is the name of that yes. project. And it was uh, under the light or the under the shadow, rather, of the uh, economic crisis. And, cool. you, and you decided, well, I, you know, you were, here you were now, uh, go with the opposite lens where before you had like a vision of America through what you were seeing through everything. And now you were seeing, you know, these uh, horrific images coming back from Athens Mm -hmm. of like, you know, pensioners standing in lines trying to get their money out of the bank, you know, people wondering about all these things. And you're like, you're now you're here in America going, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going on in in the motherland. Yes. So you decide to go back and photograph, but not to, 
not to perpetuate those images, but to look for what what was still actually going on in the country, mm-hmm. right? Yes, definitely. And then I only been there, um, that project, the, the work that is on the website, it was published was just, oh, one trip, like 10 days that I photographed, and then I went back last year for nine days. Uh, there was some things going on that didn't work out. Um, but I'm, I'm planning to go back this summer and continue this project. It's a very, very uh, new project, very fresh. But you are definitely, um, and that's that project started before the American Entrance. That, w- that was before, kind of like. But that body of work, looking at the, looking and thinking about the, the, looking at the pictures and thinking about the process of that work, in a way, is a con- it's very interconnected with the America in a trance on a different kind of context. The pictures that you can take there in terms of the desolation and the, the people in line waiting for food, which, which exist, and back to the characters or the portraits that you can take in rural Pennsylvania, it's kind of the same thing. So I wanted to see, to take a different uh, approach on it. And also, if you go to Greece, you do not see what's happening, what you see in the media. Like the coffee uh, bars are like packed. People are very well dressed. They're out, you know, but the Parthenon drinking their drinks. And it's like, where is this, you know, there's uh, this socioeconomic destruction that you see. I mean, there is. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, that's a whole different European Union conversation and the whole yeah. way Europe is. But my approach, again, was kind of a sense of, you know, discovering a story, discovering Greece, discovering America. It's kind of going back into this into the circle and how photographically, you know, things change. And then I have the the fair project, which is totally that kind of I go and experience the county first in Pennsylvania. Um, So I think it's those images from Greece. I need to develop that project a lot more. It, it's still it's still very uh, in the very early stages. I but hope you wind up going to the small town that your father's from. That sounds like an amazing place too. Yes. It'd be very different than Athens. But yes, it might be worth and going most to see. of the work uh, that I had from that last from that project is basically in Athens and a couple of pictures from the uh, the area that I was born to. But my work is is very responsive. It's about you know it's about my feelings for the place, but also about photography in terms of the formal qualities of a photograph. You know, when I'm making pictures, whether in Pennsylvania or in Greece or in in Astoria, I do consider, I have that, you know, the design elements. I would like to incorporate that. I don't completely disregard and say, oh, this is feels that I'm going to blast it with flash and then it's raw quality. I don't believe in that, you know, but I want to stay within the conventional call it or traditional former qualities of the photo you know looking at uh, you know um, color photography Joel Marys and other other people uh, Solitaire um, pronounce the name right Sol is it Sol- lighter lighter yeah, yeah Sol- Sol- lighter. there's a lot of um, formal elements in there, the way color is used and in a way the color in my Pennsylvania project and in in the motherland the American trans project and in the motherland is a sense of hope of what is happening in both countries. Nice. Yeah. Did I, I answer that, that or it was a Greek response? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 that's no, good. No, I mean, did you answer what, it? What you're saying is you're still you when you're out photographing. Oh, absolutely. And you have similar concerns uh, whether you're here or back in Greece. Yes. Yeah. It's, the, it's the worst. It's a, it's a bless, blessing word. Blessing and a curse to be identifying with two countries and love two places. And it's not the same when you live, you know, I was born in New York and live in Boston. It's a completely different ballgame because you're dealing with culture, you're dealing with you know, grandparents, aunts, cousins, brothers, sisters. 
And, you know, there's, you go back and you miss, you know, Scranton. Like, why? But you do. <laughs> and you're, in, you're here and you miss Athens. So there's, it's an interesting, uh, and that translating the work. You try to bring it into the work, let's yeah. say. So what's, uh, what's coming up for you? You had, the, you had that great interview um, on the PBS NewsHour. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is in the works? What are you thinking about in terms of shows and all? Well, I do have an idea, but I don't know how I'm going to fund it. Uh, I do want to make a book eventually of the American address, and I'm still uh, continuing to uh, to photograph. And by I think my plan is to I have a kind of a small sequence going on, but there's new work. I go out basically like every other day and photograph in the area, so I can't. I'm, I'm obsessed about it. In probably the the end of the summer, end of next fall, I would like to start putting a, a dummy book together, like a draft and whatnot. In terms of shows, I, I'm planning. Uh, to have a show in, in, hoping to have a show in June in Greece. Uh, that was my plan. Mm. And then in terms of the American in trans, I have this idea, but I will probably need to figure out how to fund it, to bring the art into the towns that have been in photograph in a very informal settings setting. And I had this um, um, discussion with friends and one of my uh, best friends and uh, photographers, Sam Kramer, said, you know, I wanted to like connect with schools and uh, local art organizations and put a box of, of prints from that show and send it to places that don't really, they're not really exposed to art. You know, little towns that they have a little pop-up gallery and show the work. But then we, we, he had, my friend had this idea and I said, oh, that's a great idea. And I'm thinking to get a, a truck, a 26-foot truck, and um, go to First Fridays. Oh, sure. And yeah, put like yeah. the work inside and have like American and trans. And also start with my work, so with my mo- project. mobile gallery. Yes, mobile gallery. Start with my project and, and take the project to the towns that I have photographed. And with that, uh, that company work that I, I will, from that particular town that I yeah. do pictures. But then I want to uh, include other photography in there, in that mobile gallery. But uh, but only concentrating on areas that they're not, you know, they have an art scene. Like Scranton has a great first Friday. Lancaster, Pennsylvania has an amazing first Friday. There's like a whole like mile of galleries. And, yeah, and, and so I'm, I'm familiar with the, the, the first Friday idea. Yeah, it's yeah. the first Friday of every month. The towns kind of open up culturally and the businesses yes. and the restaurants. Everybody stays open late. And is, is this a, uh, a mid-Atlantic? Uh, or northeast kind of concept. Uh, I don't. I don't know. You Does it translate? Yeah. <laughs> Does it translate uh, nationwide? Uh, I'm not sure. I, of nationwide. I've yeah. definitely heard of it. It definitely happens down south as well. Mm-hmm. I know. Okay. So yeah, it's very it's very interesting because they have you know there's a website in Scranton called First Friday, and then you just go and anybody can just submit an image, and it will be it might be in a bank space, a gallery space, coffee shops, out on the street, anywhere. Uh, and there's a, a, a huge turnaround. Like if you have a show, I had uh, a solo show there years ago, and there's a lot of people coming um, to this to this uh, events. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of taking the um, the pictures back to the place that I photograph as an experience, yeah. and me drive the truck and go there and expose those people to uh, some uh, photography. But then down the road, to include other other shows um, of photography in general maybe you can introduce the concept of first friday to a few first friday yes yes yeah i don't know what the what the roots are about about that yeah yeah i didn't i didn't really learn about it until i got away from new york do you have it in new jersey so um that's a good question (laughs) you don't have it so i know in trenton we have an art all night it's not a first friday it's a different idea 
We no. Uh, well, I'm sure there are places that have enjoys. None of the places I've lived have First Friday. But I, you know, I went to Bethlehem had a First Friday, and oh, we yes, were there. Yes. And right, yes. And, and I think yeah. uh, I know uh, Tampa, New Hampshire. Tampa does because I was down yeah. there for. Yep. Some the places in New Hampshire along the coast, I know, I think had First oh, no, Friday. I'm sorry, it was Fourth Friday. Oh, fourth, Tam- Friday. <laughs> fourth Friday. Fourth Friday. Fourth Friday. Yeah. So it might just be one. It just of these takes things. a little longer to get going down. Well, there. the thing yeah. is that what you said about <laughs> earlier about the the market and you know how people perceive the work you know or openings or gallery shows in Chelsea in regards to First Friday in Northeastern Pennsylvania the people have a big interest about just photography in those areas and art on a very like raw honest direct level besides the glamour of a metropolis you know mm-hmm. like really interested in seeing things and having conversation yeah. you know where did you took that you know <laughs> and how did you right. took that <laughs> or is this my parents place you know well this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed yeah, Nico, it. Nico, thanks for driving over. And uh, we gave you an excuse to go to Astoria, maybe. Exactly. That's right. Absolutely. With my girlfriend, <laughs> yes. I'm going to go for food afterwards. Nice, so. nice. Thank and, you for and, having me. And can you say your last name for our audience? Yes. <laughs> Nico Cagliagnotis. Beautiful. That's exactly how Michael would have said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. All right. Thank Take you. Care. All right. Bye, everyone.